an interesting um, article just came out this week, and it has to do, well, well, it originated from the CPAP recall that we've talked about, where, you know, millions of these devices have been recalled. Um, and I think we talked about in the, in the prior, in prior episodes about how these problems were going on back since like 2011, yeah. um, but then the actual recall didn't happen until 2021. So there's a huge, a huge gap of time and, and a lot of question about, well, why didn't the FDA do anything and why, you know, what happened, you know, how many complaints were there? When did the mm-hmm. complaints come in? Why, why did it take literally 10 years? Why did people continue using this dangerous product for 10 years when they should have recalled it earlier? Prioritizing profit. Prioritizing prioritizing dangerous drug and product cases. Welcome back. Another week, another episode, prioritizing profits, dangerous drug and product cases. Um, We're back at it again. Again, always excited to hop on the show. I've had a pretty good weekend. I don't know about you. Do you want to start off and tell us how you've been doing? Well, yeah. Um, (laughs) Actually, I had a fabulous weekend. We were in Sedona. Got in some two like just gorgeous hikes. I mean, it was cool up there, colder than it is here. Mm. Um, so I started out bundled up, but um, you know, as we got into it, uh, taking taking off layer after layer. But it was gorgeous scenery, great time with the dogs, but amazing Airbnb, oh, the hot tub, beautiful backyard. It was um, you know had some good meals and just uh, very relaxing. Uh, last week was a bit of a stressful week, and so it was just really great to. Get away. I mean, it's, you know, it's like a four-hour drive, so it's a little bit of a road trip, yeah. but um, just far enough to feel, you know, like you're, you know, away from home. Yeah, like it's a, it's a vacation. vacation. You're traveling yeah. away. Yeah. You have a different atmosphere, different vibe. I, I 100% agree. I kind of like that with staycations. Yeah. Um, and I think like Tucson and Phoenix, because they're so close, but they still are kind of different in their own, you know, unique ways. Uh, I, I definitely get that same type of feeling. I was actually thinking about you guys because you haven't been to Sedona and it's like an hour and a half from you guys. So that would be a perfect staycation place for you. I mean, it would be, you know, basically like coming to Tucson for a staycation, but very different scenery. Um, It is a little bit cooler. You know, you're getting up up, uh, up in elevation there a little bit more. Yeah, we've actually discussed it because Christina, I don't know, apparently this is a thing I had no idea, but uh, fortune telling and like palm reading, tarot card, massive there. Well, it's where the the uh, vortexes are. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The vortex. There's all of that. Mm, I love um, the vortex. Yeah, and well, funny story for you about Peter with that, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but they have all of these like you know crystal shops, and it's they're big on like the aura photography, and if you've heard of that, where they yeah. take a picture and it shows like the you know, just some special kind of camera mm. that'll show what your aura is, and then they'll analyze it. Sounds like an um, expensive camera. <laughs> I'm a little skeptical, I'll just admit. We did not get our aura photos taken. Yeah, I've, I'm very skeptical of those things. And I think that it having the reputation of being the hot spot, you know, if you really want to get the good readings, the good stuff, the real stuff, then you got to go there. Oh, it makes yeah. it even more scammy because that's like <laughs> it's like the easiest place to scam. People are going to go out there specifically looking for it and going to be even more gullible. So we um, went into one of these crystal shops. And somebody else, another customer came in and they're like, oh, you know, I, I need a psychic reading. Are there any psychics here? Did he come in like screaming and yelling like like he just got off the road? <laughs> Jesus Christ, is it, do we have a psychic here? <laughs> it's an emergency. It's an emergency. <laughs> is anybody a psychic? Is anyone a psychic? Please, <laughs> for the love death. of God. <laughs> no, he just he seemed pretty casual about it, but definitely had traveled to Sedona to get some some psychic reading. and uh, and But the response was, well, yeah, we have a lot. Yeah. And I was like, well, how many do you have? And they literally had like pictures, you know, like you go into like a doctor's office and they might have like the various surgeons and you know, yeah. specialists and all like in a hospital or photos. And they had all these photos of yeah. psychics up. But I was like, well, they're all here. It's kind of. it's kinda Yeah. Crazy. I mean, I kind of imagine they'd be like, oh, yeah, we have a lot. And they're like, oh, where? Like, oh, follow me and take them out back to like a shed. And there's just like 30 <laughs> of them packed in there. Hey, you know, <laughs> pick your, well, there was, <laughs> take your pick. 
<laughs> yeah, no, no. Actually, it's like it's almost like a dog pound, right? They take some bag. Ages. Yeah, and everyone's like going up to the cages. Pick me, pick me. Yes, please, please adopt me, adopt yeah. me. Let me tell your fortune. I'm assuming it probably wasn't like that, but well, yeah. I didn't. They, there, so there was like a back room, and it had it had the like the the curtains down where you'd like walk through into mm-hmm. whatever's going on back there. But we did not, we did not venture back there. Um, in fact, I think we were like persona non grata because um, I, I, I think we told I told you we have, have had a little incident with a neighbor down in down south in Sonoida. Um, I, I'm sure there are, you've told me about incidents. I don't know if oh, I've no. heard of this one specifically. Well, we have we have a, a, a nasty neighbor. And you know what? I don't even care if she's listening to this. We refer to her as the troll, but everybody the does. The troll. The yeah. troll. Everybody does. She's just a, a nasty, awful person. The senora troll. Yeah. I mean, that does sound familiar, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, but so what happened last week is that um, uh, Peter was walking the dogs and Ava barked at her. She was not on her leash. We admit that. Mm-hmm. Um, but she did not bite her or touch her. She just barked at her. And this woman is just horrendous. And she has complained. Um, she doesn't like the dogs. But, you know, we're on these 35-acre plots. Anyway, she said she was going to report a bite and that we were going to have to put her down. Interesting. Yeah. Anyway. It's aggressive. It, well, it's like beyond aggressive. I, I mean, isn't that illegal, right? I mean, that's... Well, making a false report is illegal. Exactly. So, yeah. but, you know, and, and I'm sure she has reported it. Nobody's come yet. Um, you know, but it's very concerning. I mean, somebody basically saying they want to kill your dog. Yeah. Anyway, she's awful. She's just a disgusting person. Um, and anyway, her her she does like this crystal healing and some other crap like that. Um, it's, uh, it's okay. Things are adding up now. Things are adding up. Anyway, so when we went to the crystal shop in Sedona, um, Peter was all, but they're, they're like, oh, can I help you? <laughs> and Peter's like, yeah, do you have any death crystals? <laughs> I thought, oh, I thought it was going to be like, well, are all you guys dog killers over here? Is just, <laughs> did we just get unlucky with this one? No. Uh, oh, no, no, no. But it, 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 he's, he's like, all these crystals are for healing and for this and for that. Peter's like, do you have a death crystal? And the guy's like, well, that might be like plutonium or uranium or something like that. And we don't carry them <laughs> anyway. Really it was we were we were joking, of course, but yeah. Well, that's a it's a good story. I mean, we've definitely considered going up to to uh, Sedona. I think it looks like a lot of fun, and like you said, it's so close. Um, and great restaurants. You do like to eat out. There's some really good yeah. restaurants. Yeah. I love I love mixing it up a little bit. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you were able to have a relaxing weekend, especially after the stressful one that you had mm-hmm. last week. Um, hopefully got a little bit of a reset and ready for this this upcoming week. Yeah, yeah. And so back here and just doing some holiday shopping and wrapping and all of that. Amazing. Oh, yeah. I similarly had a pretty relaxing weekend. I've been uh, grinding, grinding like crazy during the week. Um, just so with, with all the crypto stuff, you know, market's going up, market's turning around right now. We're feeling pretty good about it. And, and one of the things I love about this, and I was feeling this when I was working like a, a nine to five back when I when I did was that when I came home I wanted to kind of like keep on going you know I feel like you're almost stuck it until like for a certain amount of time right like there's not nothing that you can do outside of your work day to really push forward in a lot of fields and one of the things I love about crypto is that you can't there's always something to do there's always well, something 24 7 because it's international right I yeah. mean there's all yeah when, when I'm going to bed someone else is, is waking up and starting mm-hmm. their day um, so this weekend was kind of like a relaxing weekend more or less but Saturday day uh christina's work had a office party a christmas oh. office party and they've i guess i guess they've been doing it for the last few weeks and the way that they do it is they rent out a venue and it's on saturday saturday evening and then everyone from um different offices around arizona and they also fly out people from out of state so oh, they wow. have like a vegas office i think they have like a california office and so they fly them in oh so arizona is the main one uh yes i think oh, arizona okay. is the Very main cool. one um and so we went to that and I offered my place for the pregame because where they were hosting it was like two minutes away from my house and everyone else lives, you know, pretty far mm-hmm. away. Um, so so I offered my place and I, I've met her coworkers before and so I'm pretty familiar with them. They're cool. They're around, you know, our, our age. All of them are pretty much in like their mid-20s, early 20s. Um, and it was a good time you know, pre-gaming and all that. And I got all dressed up because I, I was told it was like a jeans, pretty casual event, but I had a very nice uh, outfit planned. It was mm-hmm. my classic, you know, black jeans on my black cashmere sweater with the over white jacket. Anyways, I find out the day before that it's actually uh, business fancy is, is what I was told. Um, so I had to pull out the suit pants and I still did the cashmere uh, j- sweater and I just tucked that in. Nice. Um, looked fantastic. <laughs> if you do say 
say so yourself. If I do say so myself. I mean, I don't want to hide myself up to it. I was looking pretty damn good. Well, how come I didn't get any pictures of this? Um, well, there was a good Christina. amount of alcohol. Yeah, and it was her fault. It's always her fault. Well, no, no. I'm saying she probably has them. I just need to get her to send them to me. Uh, she did send me two pictures, and they were, like, in motion that other people take took. We didn't really get any good photos. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, but it was a fantastic time. I met all of her bosses, her coworkers. It was open bar as well. Um, it was kind of funny because some of the other boyfriends got pretty hammered. Um, not too bad. Not too bad where they're, like, falling over the films, but definitely to the point where I could, like, you know, see the girlfriends being like, all right. Let's maybe calm down a second. You know, you know they're gonna go get another yeah. drink, and they're no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, my boss is here. Yeah, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, and I was lucky enough to. Uh, I've learned from my past experiences, my mistakes, so I <laughs> was able to to stay pretty tame. But it was a great time, um, and then we just pretty much hung out all day Sunday and and, and relaxed, which was uh, a good time. It was a nice reset. Nice reset. Excellent, excellent. You know, and it's interesting just kind of on that on that topic of holiday parties. um, I was reading an article just a couple days ago. It wasn't one of the topics I was even planning to discuss, but as you brought it up, this is like the season where there are all kinds of crazy um, employee complaints, sexual discrimination, sexual harassment, Um, and what happens is you know all of these businesses and law firms alike they you know have these holiday parties, and oftentimes there are open bars, and people get kind of crazy. And so, you know, they're, the behavior that they are, you know, expected and, and, and used to in the workplace kind of goes out the door. It's yeah. usually not in an office. It's at some, you know, nice restaurant or event space. Um, and so, yeah, January is like, <laughs> you know, this flood of, 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 of employment complaints. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I, I mean, I was pretty surprised because I've had, I've been to office parties before, uh, but they're usually just like potlucks. You know, it's like, oh, you get an extra 30 minutes on your lunch oh, break. Oh, yeah, no. We used to have some wild ones. <laughs> yeah, and, and it was a fantastic. Like, I, I really could see the benefit of it because I think it really brings up morale and it gets people excited in it. And it brings that uh, – co- it builds that camaraderie amongst your office and your peers, which I think is, is really beneficial. Yeah, no, I think they're great. I mean, I used to really look forward to them. And we invited, like, a lot of, you know, our, our media partners and vendors and people yeah. that we really worked with a lot. Um, and, it, and you know, it was a really nice, I mean, we did really fancy events. Um, but that being said, there were a few, a few occasions where people were, you know, needing rides home. And we had one at a hotel where literally some, they had to go get a wheelchair to get the guy to his room. Yeah, I was um, going to say, didn't they just buy him a room and then he was good to go? They had a, he had the room, but I mean, man, literally physically getting him to the room. Jesus. It was that crazy. Well, so. at least he like kind of met you guys halfway preparing the room for himself, <laughs> knowing that he was going to have a crazy night. Well, yeah, I think a lot of people plan to just stay at the resort. But 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 yeah, I mean, it's it's um, and, and the article was actually talking about with regard to law firms and, you know, certain protocols you should put in place. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and a lot of it was, you know, limiting the alcohol, uh, maybe not. Sometimes they do you know, drink tickets instead of just flat out open bar. But, yeah. um, you know, who knows? Anyway, I'm glad you you uh, behaved yourself and didn't embarrass Christina and she still has a job. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think she was very thankful. And, um, you know, I like to I, I'm a very social butterfly. And I think uh, atmospheres or like environments like that where I get to kind of like show off my my social ability you know people <laughs> I've never met before but I get to kind of like joke around with them and if I get yeah. a laugh out of them I, it gives me a little fuzzy feeling because I'm like okay yeah people do like me Aww. this is good this is good <laughs> people love you <laughs> yeah um, but overall it was a fantastic it was a fantastic Excellent. weekend good looking, deal looking forward to the week well, and the other big news that we were talking about on Tuesday is that our YouTube channel hit yes. 10,000 subscribers. 10,000. Yahoo. Absolutely insane. I mean, I think we were talking about it. We probably started around in the hundreds, maybe slightly above 1,000. And previously on your YouTube channel, I mean, it was just like the very typical, t- typical, stereotypical, I guess, um, lawyer ads, pretty boring. Yeah. I think uh, it was literally just whatever commercial we produced, yeah. they put it up onto the, the YouTube, yeah. you know, so people could watch our commercial like who does that um yeah but since i, I mean i'm surprised i'm you know and, and and what i'm always surprised about too is that you know for example my husband was not one of those 10,000 <laughs> so i was like peter and he's like well i don't know how to subscribe to it so anyway i this this evening i took his phone and subscribed him well you gotta do what you gotta do 
and get those extra <laughs> subscribers. Um, uh, so now we're like a two, 10,001 maybe. Yeah, it was funny too. I was talking to Christina about it and she was like, yeah, I watched like, um, I went on a walk and I listened to like five year podcast and I was like, How? that was a long walk. She was like, no, no, no. I just listened to the intro and then I skipped to the next one and listened to the intro. That's my favorite part. I was hey. like, that's like half the, <laughs> you're missing like half the episode. She's like, no, I just like it when you guys talk about your days and your weeks. <laughs> I was like, well, okay, well, at least someone enjoys it. Yeah, yeah, she could be using some product that kills her, but she at least knows that you guys had a good weekend. Exactly. Exactly. She's getting the the real info she's looking for. Uh Uh, But that means I got to be a lot more cautious about what I say in the first 10 minutes of the show. (laughs) And then you can just go crazy. Once we start getting into the actual cases, I am (laughs) scot-free. Good stuff. Good stuff. Speaking of getting into cases, let's uh, let's hop right into it. You want to start with updates on cases? Sure. So uh, one update, of course, we've talked quite a bit about the social media um, and young adults and teenagers and children issues. Um, And there is a lawsuit that was filed um, just, gosh, last week. Um, by new by New Mexico's Attorney General, and so this is on behalf of the state, and they are they filed a complaint against Meta, uh, asserting that it's a breeding ground for predators. Jesus Christ, the the terminology there is pretty aggressive as well. Well, pretty pretty, pretty descriptive, yes, um, and and and, and attention grabbing for sure. But um, they're saying that you know that Meta basically has information that children being children are being sexually exploited on their platform, and that they're not doing anything about it. And what they did was they had like basically undercover decoy accounts, they call them. Yeah. So they set up accounts um, that were for fictitious children, fourteen years old and younger. And um, they were contacted by adults, sending them explicit images, even when the kids specifically ask not to be sent these images, Um, and that there were thousands and thousands of followers, adult followers on these accounts. Um, One of the examples set forth in the complaint is that uh, they failed to detect a fictitious mother who was offering her 13-year-old daughter for trafficking. So so this is a fake account, but it's set up basically as a mother offering this 13-year-old daughter um, and then, and, and not only did they not shut it down, they solicited the daughter's account, seeing if she wanted to uh, to to advertise. Oh my God! Yeah. Seeing if they wanted if she to wanted boost to create a page and sell advertising. Yeah, boost some followers there. Yeah. So you know, and again, they you know they keep saying, and Zuckerberg keeps saying, you know, that they're 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 being very strict about this, and that they're tracking these things down, they're shutting them down. But the reality is that they're they're not. And on the verge of promoting it to certain extent. Right. And I mean, I guess, and I'm sure this is a lot of it's automated and that sort of thing. But again, you know, you, you, they they need to. They have the means. They have the ability to you know to find these things to yeah. shut them down, and they're not doing that. And so these are fictitious accounts, but what about the real ones out yeah. there? Um, or just the children where they're getting you know, solicited by, by predators. Um, so anyway, uh, you know, the, and, and this is a different from the other lawsuits we've talked about where there are individuals who are, are, are claiming that they've been harmed, yeah. um, they've become addicted, they've suffered from, you know, the various issues with body image, mm-hmm. suicide, that sort of thing. Um, but this is for, on behalf of the state, and they are basically asking them to institute protections or, or to asking the court to force them to institute protections because they're not doing them voluntarily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and you mentioned like automation. I mean, that you can automate the process of finding and banning these accounts as well. And I would think so. Them. Yeah. I mean, I'm not an expert at this, but I mean, you know, you know, they have the top of the line experts in this yeah. area. And they see like the, they can see the front and back end, like any message that you send on Facebook, they can have, they have access to it. It's the same thing with like Snapchat. You know, you see this with, um, you know, when there's criminal proceedings and whatnot, and they subpoena these companies for the message records, they, they have access to it. Even oh, Snapchat, yeah. which is intended to be, you know, you open a message and it's gone forever. They, they have access to it. And so I'm assuming a lot of this uh, illegal activity is happening, you know, in DMs. They probably, you know, <laughs> have access or they definitely have access and they probably have ways to be able to monitor that. 
Um, it's really interesting too that it's New Mexico because I, I I know that New Mexico is definitely like a hotbed for trafficking and for that type of stuff yeah. because it's uh, so close to to Mexico. I mean, there, a lot of human trafficking is obviously going into the south, so a lot of the border states like Arizona, like yeah, Texas, for us um, as well, yeah. is, is yeah. massive, and that's also why there's so much border patrol. I mean, there's so many stops. Even when we went out to Truth or Consequence, like that was way out there, and there was border stops. There's border patrol going up and down um so so it makes sense it makes sense yeah yeah well i mean it's very scary and you know it's sad that that it has to come to this that basically they have to be forced to put protections yeah. in place um even though they're testifying before the senate and all of this that they're doing all of these things and clearly they're not and they you know apparently they get caught here with some of these yeah. you know this undercover investigation so um anyway well, and I, I do want to say too, because you mentioned this, that it is different from the uh, original cases, which is more focused on kind of addiction and the psychological effect that social media is having and, you know, the damages associated with it. This seems seems almost in a different category, like not even connected to those cases. Just the only similarity is is meta, the business, um, because it's it's about trafficking. It's about not stopping it. And, and they're out here, you know, saying like, look, we are almost abusing the fact that they aren't looking for it just to prove that they, you know, how, how uh, ignorant yeah. they're, they're being. Well, and there's the overlap too, that they're saying, you know, that they, uh, with, with, with the other cases that they're not intentionally yeah. doing this and that they don't realize that they're sending, you know, they're doing the, sending this destructive and harmful material to younger people. Um, but again, you know, they're, they're not doing anything to stop it. They probably could. I'm yeah. confident that they could. So there's definitely the overlap there that they're, you know, claiming they're doing the right thing and they're protecting children and young adults and they're not. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, um, hopefully having a state file this and a state pursuing them will really put uh, the fire under them. Although, I mean, it seems like the federal government's already been questioning them and <laughs> yeah. if it's, it's just another, um, I don't know what, what another, another block angle, on the yeah. Jenga tower, I guess. <laughs> Although I doubt that tower is ever going to fall. Yeah, probably it's not. Pretty probably sturdy. Not. It's pretty sturdy. It's pretty sturdy. But, you know, and maybe other states will, will fall in line as well and, and pursue, um, these types of complaints. And again, the more pressure that gets yeah. put on, um, you know, the more likely the feds and, you know, you know, the, you know will, will crack down yeah. and they'll have to do something. Well, so. and I am assuming there's other criminal activity going on too. I mean, if there's oh my human trafficking going on, that seems like the, you know, pretty far on the extreme. There's a lot, I mean, just like drug trafficking and drugs uh, selling and whatnot. I'm sure that's going on as well. And, and uh, way back in the day, you saw it with Silk Road, like the, the smackdown that happened there with the deep web and people, you know, being able to just buy any drug with cryptocurrency and, and delivered around the country. Ooh, I don't know about that. Yeah, well, I mean, Silk Road was essentially like the origin origination of. Uh, I don't know the use case of not not the use case of Bitcoin, but you know the biggest selling point of cryptocurrency of Bitcoin is that it's anonymous, that no one has access to your funds, that you can send funds anonymously, and so there is this this uh, you know marketplace, almost like an eBay on the deep web that uh, called the Silk Road that you could buy and sell everything. I mean, it was like everything, everything. And then it was, obviously they're using Bitcoin for, for transactions and uh, the federal government shut it down and confiscated like hundreds and hundreds of Bitcoin, which they are currently selling right now. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> interesting. Anyways. Right. I've learned something new for yeah. sure. Uh, what, what else you got for us? Um, well, so there's a, an, in, an interesting um, article just came out this week, and it has to do well. Well, it originated from the CPAP recall that we've talked about, where you know millions of these devices have been recalled, um, and I think we talked about in the in the prior in prior episodes about how these problems were going on back since like 2011, yeah. um, but then the actual recall didn't happen until 2021. So there's a huge a huge gap of time and and a lot of question about well why didn't the FDA do anything and why you know what happened you know how many complaints were there when did the mm -hmm. complaints come in why why did it take literally 10 years why did people continue using this dangerous product for 10 years when they should have recalled it earlier and so um, so two entities ProPublica and this is a, a non-profit news outlet um, in conjunction with the Pittsburgh Post Gazette did a, you know a huge I think it was like a three or 
or I don't know, maybe it's a year-long study, but they did a, a whole study um, researching into um, the complaints that came in, how many there were, what the problem is with the whole system. And <clears throat> I mean, the system really, really is broken. And, and there has been, there have been cases that would indicate this, but because CPAP is such a huge, huge deal, I mean, there's so many millions of them out there, um, and the recall is so big, and so many people are affected, that it's more newsworthy, and it really got people diving into what the problems are with, the, you know, this whole system. Yeah. And so it's delving into this, the problems with the system of the FDA and the approval and, and them receiving reports and how they, you know, handle those? Well, so not so much of the approval because, um, but with, with when there is a problem with the product that's yeah. out on the market and when complaints start coming in um, with the recall process. Yeah. with and, and so the way that it's set up is that uh, people volunteer, well, the, the company, if the company has reports, they are required to provide those to the FDA within 30 days. Mm. Okay. But then individuals, doctors, other people who are aware of this can also voluntarily report. Mm -hmm. But what was happening is is that the companies report very few of them, and when they do report them, they report them, you know, extremely late. Yeah, I mean, I've always been the even before we started this podcast, uh, very pessimistic when it comes to the FDA, and um, it's crazy to me the amount of trust people have in it. I mean, there's like the selling point that a lot of you know, medications and supplements have is FDA approved. You know, don't worry <laughs> about it. And in my head, I'm like, you know, really means absolutely nothing in some situations. Um, and I'm glad that that finally there is you know almost an expose coming out about it. You know, people are doing that research and, and finding out just how big of a problem this is. The fact that the companies are not punished more for withholding complaints and if they are putting them out there, it's, you know, not as many as they as are being reported and it's taking so long. I mean, that's just, it's just so insane to me because depending on the problem, you could be putting hundreds of thousands, if not millions, millions of Americans' in case, lives absolutely. at risk. And the FDA's entire point of it is to be able to, or entire point of FDA is to, to essentially, you know, make sure products are safe for, for mass consumption. Yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, and, and a lot of these products, they are getting approved through this streamlined process where, you know, they're substantially similar. So they don't go through all of this pre-market approval. And then the way that you find out if there are problems are, you know, post-release once they're out on the market. And then, and that's part of why this system is set up, that they're required no. within 30 days to report to the FDA if they do have complaints. And, um, and I can't find the exact numbers, but it was like something about, um, you know, they had, they maybe reported like 30 um, complaints, um, but then there were sixty thousand complaints that they didn't report. I mean, that's just disgusting. That's right? insane. Right. Well, exactly. I mean, it's absolutely absurd. And but then what 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 uh, you know this study is indicating is that 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 the, the, basically nothing happens to them. They they rarely get fined. Um, and and I think that again this this expose came because of this huge situation yeah. with with the CPAP, um, and so potentially things may may change. Um, one of the things that they talked about was that there was this they have been putting millions of dollars into a new system to kind of. Uh, you know, catch these things as they start, you know, a new computer system. The computer system they were using was apparently for like from the 1990s. And how is this a computer system problem, though? Because it seems like more of an issue with like the entities itself reporting it and, and withholding information. Well, it's, it's a combination. So they don't report. But then even when they do report, even say the 30 that they do report, who's looking at them? Who's actually reviewing these complaints? Yeah. And are they catching, you know, I mean, because there's hundreds of thousands of different devices. So you get a complaint about a CPAP, then you get, you know, five, you know, 50 other complaints, then you maybe see another CPAP one, who's looking at them. And, and, and at the time, they, they uh, first started looking into this, I think, in 2016. And they had this system from the 1990s and 20 people reviewing literally hundreds of thousands of complaints. And they said that that, that they were had like little stickies on their computer. And <laughs> I mean, it was just just absurd. And, and the FDA won't say now how many people are actually reviewing the complaints. But there's hundreds of thousands of them. And, you know, these things are going to slip through the cracks. You, you, we, we can't count on the companies to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, but so then the, the company with the over the, or the entity with the oversight, the FDA needs to be, you know, be stronger, uh, be the watchdog, be, uh, you know, ensuring that they can, can force the companies to do the right thing. Well, I mean, I think this has been a problem for a long time, right? Like it, 
the entire reason that a lot of these guardrails exist is because there's this almost expectation or, you know, realization that like, okay, you know, a lot of these companies aren't going to do what they're supposed to. They're not going to do what they're asked to do. Um, so you need these guardrails in place. And the FDA, for a long time, it seemed like hasn't been nearly as strong, not nearly as um, you know, I don't know if it's funding issue or, you know, how many people, 20 people. I mean, that's absolutely insane. And with how much power the FDA could have, theoretically, I don't think they really exercise it very well, But often. they're not, but that's just it. I mean, they can pursue criminal penalties. They can pursue, yeah. you know, hefty fines, but it's just really not happening. And so you're basically leaving, you know, the fox guarding the hen, hen house type of thing. I mean, it's it, it, it's just absurd. So where where how does this this get fixed? Because this seems like a bigger issue than a computer issue or a bigger problem than just having more people reviewing these complaints. I mean, this really seems like a problem that's top down. That is, you know, the FDA at its core, whoever's running it, whoever's kind of at the top, um, wouldn't be surprised taking a little something under the table, you know, taking, <laughs> taking a little something on the side because, I mean, the amount of cases that we've seen, I mean, the entire, you know, mass tort, um, you know, faulty products and, and medications industry is really surrounded by the FDA and kind of their inability to guard the hen house. Well, yeah, it's like the lawyers have to step in and do, you know, their work. <laughs> yeah, if and, the pun and punish them and, and yeah, make the, the companies comply yeah. you know, through, the, through the court system, unfortunately. But, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that because um, so after one of the major recalls that happened back in 2016, the agency awarded like $3 million to a nonprofit medical device innovation consortium. And the purpose was that they were trying to establish a center to bring together the information, um, collect electronic medical records, insurance claims, medical registries, use all of these things um, to try to get better signals when there was a problem with a particular product. Mm-hmm. Um, and then over these past eight years, they've devoted millions of dollars to the effort. And they said that the investigation showed that um, a lot of that money was for travel, consultants, nice, good. technology, Tax and bonuses. Dollars, I assume too, right? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, absolutely. Yeah, um, like and that. yet here we are, we're eight years later and we're not seeing um, anything really coming of it. So I think one of the things that, that may happen by this expose is um, people are going to be called to account for that, to account for all of these funds that are supposed to be making the system better. Um, and, you know, the interesting thing, too, is that this whole consortium involves um, people from the medical device companies as well, who maybe, again, don't have such an oh, interest in it. Yeah. So it, 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 it's a, it sounds a little bit fishy or maybe a lot of bit, a lot of bit fishy. Um, so, I mean, I'm hopeful that an expert like this will, um, you know, focus some more attention on it, put some more pressure. Um, If this system isn't going to work, if this consortium is not right, um, shut it down, do something else, uh, get some different people involved in it. Um, But this type of, you know, preventable injury, I mean, 10 years of people suffering from, you know, these horrible conditions. And and again, it's a long article. It's something, you know, you certainly might want to take a take a look at it. It's by ProPublica and the the Pittsburgh um, Post-Gazette. But they talk about a couple of other recalls, too. They weren't as huge, didn't involve as many people, but, you know, some really significant injuries and deaths. And these things could have been prevented because there were complaints submitted about the various products, and it wasn't pursued until years later. And in those intervening years, lives are lost. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, hopefully it brings more attention to it. I think it will either way. It's inevitable that more attention will be brought to it. But I'm, I'm, you know, uh, I'm very pessimistic that it's going to lead to any real change because I think a lot of the time what happens is that, you know, people get up in arms and they're like, oh, you know, really frustrated about it. Maybe it brings a lot of heat to this, this company or this entity. And then a few weeks later, people forget. People forget, people move on, the next new celebrity gets married, and it's like, oh, well, you know, who, who really cares now? And nothing ends up actually happening. Well, I'll tell you who cares. The lawyers still care, so we just have to oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ride in on our white horses, and I guess we just have to keep carrying the torch, because I, I guess, uh, if the FDA is not going to do it, damn, damn it. Yeah, well, and it's, um, I mean, I think it's good, too, because hopefully it will also, you know, wake people up with how, um, I don't know, take away this blind trust 
trust that the FDA has because it's just always been so crazy to me how people think that because it's a governmental entity that it's just, you know, slip clean. You know, they do everything by the book, that they're doing everything in their power to make sure that, you know, they're protecting the American population, which just really isn't the case, obviously. Yeah, it's a, a false sense of safety, for yeah. sure. Which and is I, almost worse than, you know, yeah. the opposite of that, of not having any guardrails, because at least at that point, people would be a little bit more aware, <laughs> a little bit more aware. Now they're just question blindly more, trusting. Question more. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's, it's scary. I mean, you know, again, I'm not terribly surprised. And being in this business, we've seen, uh, you know, we'll see, we'll, we'll learn through the, 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 the cases, you know, how many complaints were made and that nothing was done. But I think the average person doesn't realize that. And so, you know, a, a big expose like this, hopefully we'll, we'll bring that to Could life. there ever be a lawsuit against the FDA about this type of stuff? I mean, it seems like they're almost aiding and abetting in some of these damages. Well, there, yeah, there's a lot of restrictions on how you can sue governmental entities yeah. and the standards Protect are... Protect them to, yeah. to let, them, <laughs> let them do whatever, whatever they want just about. Yeah, so I don't foresee that happening, but hopefully uh, getting them whipped into shape. Hopefully, hopefully. Well, uh, once that is that expose actually out now? Yes, it is. Okay. All right. Yeah, we'll yeah. throw the link it, into... Yeah, let's put the link out there. I think it just came out oh, December 7th. Yeah, we'll throw a link into the description. Highly recommend everyone to check it out. And if, uh, you know, we definitely do get a lot of people that are, um, I guess, suspect of some of the statistics and some of the things that we say on the show, which honestly, I'm happy about. <laughs> you know, I think <laughs> ask it's questions, yeah. ask questions and, you know, don't trust everything you, you hear and that you say, uh, because obviously organizations like the FDA, if you can't trust them, then it's a good thing. You should be questioning them, questioning us, question them. <laughs> Uh, but uh, question not, everybody lots of questions exactly exactly so definitely take a look at that um i don't i know i'll probably be taking a read at that after this show as well good deal good deal so the next uh next issue up as far as update uh we, you know, we've been talking about the ozempic cases and um, that a number of cases were getting filed yeah. there were only a few but but many more to come um and of course we also were speaking recently about several other cases where the defense would automatically file a motion to dismiss um saying that the claims were not viable um and that of course did happen also with this initial ozempic case and the motion has been denied um so it's gotten kind of through that first hurdle um and those cases will be moving forward and pursued. And again, each of these steps um, generally results in more, more cases coming forward and getting mm -hmm. filed. Um, so, you know, this is one we've talked about a lot, um, and I'm sure we will continue to talk about, but it's not, not going away anytime soon. Yeah, it's uh, interesting because I was uh, talking to someone at the office party actually about it because they do a lot of, um, you know, their primary thing is testing uh, drugs, right? They do a lot of the kind of the like studies, studies yeah. yeah, studies on it. Um, and I brought up obviously what, what we do and what, what you do. And one of the most, you know, easy ones to talk about is Ozempic because everyone knows about it. And I don't know if, if you've heard about this, but um, someone that I was talking to mentioned of one of the side effects that they heard was happening was like paralysis, almost stroke, like paralysis of the face where people were just losing control of like half their face from, from taking Ozempic. And it was kind of one of the side huh. effects unmentioned. Yeah. I've not heard that. I mean, the, there were a lot of complaints about what they called Ozempic face, which was just like the faces being very saggy from like a lot of facial, a lot of the fat loss in the face. And so mm. people looked unrecognizable, but actual like paralysis, yeah. I have not. I, it sounded interesting because obviously with the stomach paralysis, I was like, well, you know, paralysis, paralysis. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a little bit different because I mean, the yeah. whole, the, the way that Ozempic works though too, is to just slow down the gastric emptying to keep the food in your yeah. stomach longer. And, and you, you don't, you don't feel hungry and you actually can't eat more. Mm -hmm. um, so it makes sense that, that, that stomach paralysis would be related, but well, I, I guess know. if your face is paralyzed, you, you can't, can't chew. Eating. Exactly, slowing down the jaw. You're not going to be able to get much in that belly. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I've had a lot, I've heard of a lot of stories about people who had their jaws wired shut and they were able to like drink a lot of stuff through straws and still. Mm. Yeah, and uh, one of the one of the people I was talking about too was uh, talking about how one of his significant others, I think aunts or. or Mothers, I, I forgot which one it was, was taking Ozempic. And I was like, oh, really? Well, you know, are you aware of some of the signs? She's like, yeah, we've been hearing about a lot of stuff coming up. And I was like, oh, well, is she taking it for diabetes and weight loss? Oh, weight loss, weight loss. Yeah. I thought it's just, it's interesting. It's interesting when you hear, it, you know, people that you're familiar with and uh, in your circle um, having family members that 
are, are involved in, in these cases to a certain extent. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it, it would be actually probably surprising not to run into people who have family members, just the, you know, the sheer numbers yeah. of people who are turning to it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, it's just, it's really getting promoted and it's getting promoted, not, I mean, not just for like, you know, weight loss for six weeks, eight weeks till you get to your weight, but to use it permanently to yeah. treat like obesity as a disease, like heart, heart disease that requires lifelong medication and treatment. Um, and the companies want people to be on this medication for life because it's $1,300 a month. That's big and money. yeah, I mean, so you, what, they're only going to be on it for a year? No, we need them on it for forever. Yeah. Well, I mean, everyone, you know, there's never comes a point where you want to be out of shape, where you don't want your perfect body. And hey, if Ozempic's a nice little quick hack to get the perfect body that oh, you're looking no, for. It's also not getting people perfect bodies. I mean, you know, when you're, you're losing muscle mass too, if you're yeah. not eating, if you're, if your body's not able to absorb the nutrients, I mean, you're not just losing the fat, you're losing the muscle. And that's a real, real concern for elderly people because as, as an elderly person, I can speak to this, you know, our, our, our bone mass, our body, our body mass drops, um, our muscle mass, you know, we start mm-hmm. our muscles atrophy. And so that can be a real problem for, for older people. Um, you know, it's not, it's not just, you're not just losing the fat. Yeah. Yeah, that that's uh, going to be one that we'll be talking about a lot, and there's a lot of um, just more stuff popping up about it. I'm curious to see if that facial paralysis really is something that is popping up. Maybe it was just a coincidental um, connection there, but well, you know what it makes me think of when you say that as Bell's palsy. Yeah. You know, and I'm wondering if maybe that could be, which is usually temporary, um, and that can be like a, a reaction, um, you know, an autoimmune reaction or a reaction to a virus uh, response. So I'm wondering, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know what that relationship would be, but I'm, I'm curious. I'll look into it also. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Um, interesting cases in the news. Well, you know, Tesla is always a hot topic. And oh, so, yeah. <laughs> and Tesla's back in the, in the news. Um, there is... Uh, a Florida case, and this is involving a death, a 2019 crash that happened in Miami. And it was a situation where the Tesla drove under the trailer of an 18-wheeler truck that had turned um, in front of it. And so, you know, sheared off the top of the vehicle and and killed the person. And it's, it's going back to this whole autopilot um, because autopilot is failing or can fail to detect cross traffic. Mm-hmm. Um, but the import of this case, though, is that the judge is allowing um, a claim for punitive damages. And we've talked about that a lot. I mean, yeah. there's the compensatory damages, but, but um, punitive damages are really when uh, the, the court, the jury wants to punish the defendant because they're really pissed off. Mm-hmm. It's not just, oops, we're sorry, we made a mistake. It's like, this shouldn't have happened. Yeah. And the reason that the judge is allowing punitive damages in this case is because it was actually, um, the judge said that the accident was, quote, eerily similar to another accident in 2016, another fatal crash um, where the autopilot system did not detect a truck crossing in front and the vehicle went underneath um, the trailer wow. and, and, and killed uh, that person. So what the judge said is that it's we know that Tesla knew about this. Mm-hmm. We, there's a case that's eerily similar that happened in 2016. And yet, so, so they know that there's, a, you know, and probably they know about a lot of other situations that potentially didn't end up in, in a death and a lawsuit. Yeah. Um, but because they're aware of the problem with the autopilot failing with cross traffic, they knew or should have known about this. We're going from 2016 to 2019. Why did they not do something? Why did they not put out warnings? Why did they not recall? Yeah. Um, and why do we have another death on our hands? So that's the type of reasoning that can get you to a punitive damage award. Yeah, the punitive damage. Damages is a really big deal. And I think especially for a company like Tesla, which has such a, um, you know, almost sparkling, clean kind of like social opinion about it, right? Like everyone loves Elon Musk. Everyone loves Tesla. Well, not everyone either loves or hates them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone <laughs> loves them. It's very divisive. But, but the people that love them, love, love them. Right, you know? right, right. And, and Tesla also has this, this um, you know, almost... 
better than not better than Dow, but because they are electric vehicles, you know, they're being highly recommended because by driving them, you know, you're saving the environment and it's just a very safe, good thing to, to buy. Um, so the punitive damages kind of putting that on Tesla, know that, that this is an issue that they should have known about and that this was avoidable, I think is, is really big. Yeah, well, I think yeah, it, it definitely is. And I mean, I think there are a lot of great things about about the product. And I think, you know, with any product there, you know, no, nothing's perfect. Yeah. Um, there are going to be problems. And the key is when you learn about the problem, address it right away. Yeah. Don't ignore it. Don't push it under the rug. Um, address it, fix it warn about it. Yeah. And, and, and doing that, you know, again, we're not, nobody's attacking Elon Musk because we haven't occurred to, <laughs> accused of that before. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I, I was tempted to get a Tesla. I opted not to so far, but, um, you know, I, again, a, a great product, but you simply have to do the right thing. Yeah. And, um, and then this case, the judge, um, is going to let this claim go forward. We don't know what the jury will do with it. We don't know what the other evidence yeah. is that, that has not become public yet, but it, it'll be interesting, uh, interesting to see. Yeah, just that even that that door is open is is going to be interesting and in seeing if how the jury deals with that. Um, with the autopilot, I mean, it's it's been crazy too because I see these Waymo vehicles going around all yeah, the time yeah. around in Scottsdale, and I think that's just so insane. Like, there's actually no one in the car. Like, at right. least with the autopilot, there's someone at the wheel. Um, even though you still see those videos of people like sleeping on the highway with autopilot mm -hmm. going, which you're obviously not supposed oh, to do. But uh, with Waymo, it's even crazier to me because the fact that there's just no one in the vehicle and there's like clips of police officers trying to pull over a Waymo vehicle and it just like doesn't realize it's getting Flip pulled them off over. or something. <laughs> well, it just like keeps trying to go around the, the, the police officer and it just like won't stop and there's people in the back that, you know, like can't get out. It's a whole thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think I think that with the autopilot, it makes sense that there's a lot of issues that is associated with it and I wouldn't be surprised to see more popping up in the future. Yeah. Well, I mean, and on that note, um, just as of today, uh, they um, had announced that there is going to, there is a recall of 2 million vehicles over autopilot safeguards. And this is, it was specifically addressed towards um, this auto steering. Um, but, but part of the issue is that people assume, you know, when you call it autopilot, um, the intent is not, for, is for somebody still to be there and to be paying attention. Yeah. But you know, it's not really promoted that way. I mean, like you said, I mean, you, you, in, in autopilot, I mean, it sounds like you can just kind of take a nap or, or yeah. not not pay as much attention. And so it's this is a new uh, software update that, that they are going to be putting out for basically all of the Tesla vehicles. And they're not specific about um, what it's going to do. Um, let me see what exactly they say. Um, well, that's what I was thinking too, because I mean, this is a situation, it makes even more sense that it's that punitive damages are on the table because this isn't something where they have to recall all of the Teslas. Like they are able to put out updates across See, all of the like, units yeah. and not, you know, it's, it's uh, out of, it's still convenient for the users. Like it's not really taking anything. Yeah. You don't have to day. take it in and take yeah, it out. Exactly. Yeah. So, so what they're saying is that, uh, well, Tesla says it doesn't agree with the national highway traffic safety administration's analysis, but it is going to deploy an over the air software update that will, and this is the quote, incorporate additional controls and alerts to those already existing on affected vehicles to further encourage the driver to adhere to their continuous driving responsibility whenever auto steer is engaged. So basically, I mean, and I don't know what the specific alerts and controls are in place already, um, but, you know, they're saying, okay, you've got the auto steer, but you still have to be paying attention. Yeah. So whatever they're going to do is going to enhance how they're going to make people pay attention. So very unrelated to that, but it's something that thinks me it reminds me of is we watched a movie this week and it just came out on Netflix. I, it's with Julia Roberts. I don't remember what it's. Oh, called. is it leave uh, the, the leave the world behind? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. I yeah. think that's what it's called. I haven't seen it. Yet. Yeah, and uh, a little not really a spoiler, but there is a scene where you know they're on the highway and there's just like a bunch of crashed cars and they're like, "What the hell is going on here?" Um, and they're all Teslas. They're all Teslas. And it turns yeah. out that, you know, someone hacked the, you know, obviously just, just Tesla units and were driving, setting on autopilot and driving all of these brand new Teslas off of the lot and down the highway and crashing them into the, into each other to like 
obviously clog up the highway so people couldn't uh, wow. get out of town or anything like that. But I was like, that's just so insane. I didn't even think about that. Like the potential there is really crazy. You know, you yeah, see a lot of... into yeah, anything that's computer operated like Yeah, that. cybersecurity is a massive problem. Like a lot of, uh, prof- I don't know, professionals, it's easy to throw that word around, but <laughs> there's a lot of concerns about the next big terrorist attack being a cybersecurity risk mm, or like yeah. being a you know, cyber attack. Um, and autopilot is, seems like a pretty, pretty reasonable way to go through it if you were really trying to all right well maybe i won't get a tesla right away then yeah i think we we stay loyal to the bend (laughs) well i haven't and i haven't watched that movie yet but i did read the book it came out like it was strange the timing when the book was released because it was right in in the pandemic but it had to have been written before and but there's a lot of eerie things that kind of are similar to to the whole COVID 19 thing so i'm anxious to to watch it yeah it was a fantastic movie i will say a little anticlimactic but uh it was good it was good i highly recommend it um moving on though what other interesting cases you got for us well so this is an interesting one and and happened locally um a uh, arizona judge was actually struck and killed by a car in a crosswalk um and the driver was a grubhub delivery guy Mm mm-hmm and it was an interesting case because they were specifically talking, well, the, the suit is not just against, well, obviously not just against the driver, but it's specifically against Grubhub for a couple of issues. One is a negligent hiring issue because this guy had multiple prior criminal convictions and driving violations, including multiple DUI convictions and speeding. Jesus. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, here's this driver who's, you know, his job is to drive for you and do all of these deliveries and he has a terrible driving record. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, I, I, if, if someone with, because I know if you have a criminal record, it's obviously difficult to get a job and, you know, Grubhub, Uber Eats, DoorDash, <laughs> like that, that seems like a pretty reasonable path to go down if you're struggling getting other opportunities. Yeah. Except if you're driving and you're yeah. a really <laughs> crappy driver and you've, you know, I mean, cause you can be a crappy driver and get away with it for a long time. But if you've had like multiple yeah. You know, DUI convictions and speeding citations and that sort of thing. How many times do you actually get a ticket for how many times you speed? I always wonder. Well, he picks up an order from Chipotle and he has to run to his car and blow into the breathalyzer, turn it back on. Yeah. But it's, and the other aspect, so there was the hiring issue. Uh, clearly, this was not, not, a, not a great hire. But also because of the, as you're driving to deliver, you know, you've got your phone up there and you've got, you know, they're, they're telling you how to get someplace. And so what it does is it encourages you to take your eyes off the road because you're looking at your phone about how to get to where where you're going to deliver the food. Um, and so he, he blew a red light and hit this judge who was walking in the crosswalk mm. and killed her. I, I don't really, I don't know if I understand that, that that argument there because I feel like then, you know, I'm sure there's been a lot of car crashes that someone's been going somewhere they aren't familiar with with Google Maps open, but you don't hear those type of lawsuits there. And it, directions, is is that really incentivizing you to take your eyes off the road or is it just directing you? I'm, and I'm sure that too, the, the phone, because I know like if you, if you have your phone plugged into your car speaker, it says turn left at the next light. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's actually a good point because it certainly, you know, if I'm using the, the, the Google Google Maps or Apple Map or whatever, I mean, I'm not looking at it as much as I'm listening to, you know, I mean, well, when you get close, sometimes there's, you know, you, you're looking and you of see Of course, you have to look at it, it, but incentivizing, you know, I feel like in order for there to be a real lawsuit there, it has to be like, they are, you know, playing um, funny ads during while they're driving <laughs> or they're like, hey, look over here. You got to confirm another order. Maybe that like because I know that that does go on is confirm another order. And if he was leaning over to do that, uh-huh. I would understand that a little bit more. But I mean, if you're just following map directions, uh, I, I don't really I don't see that. Yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Definitely. Um, and the wording is that, that the drivers must look at their Grubhub app in order to complete their deliveries, making collisions more likely. But like you said, I mean, that's the same about as truck drivers. Other maps. I mean, truck yeah. drivers don't know, you know, how to get across this country in the back of, you know, like the back of their hand. Like there's a ton of different driving industries where you're going somewhere you're not familiar with. You have to use a map application. Um, there are tools there to make sure you don't have to look at the screen. 
Uh, uh, yeah. Well, and, the, and so it'll be interesting to follow up on this as well, because, you know, this is the lawsuit that was filed. It's not gone to a jury. It's not gone to a trial. I mean, it may settle. Who knows? Um, I mean, I think there's a good chance on these other issues with him being just a crappy driver to start with. Yeah. He shouldn't have been in a job See, driving. That makes sense. That's a stronger argument. That yeah. yeah that, that's a stronger argument for me, because it's very easy for you to do a background check on a potential yeah. employee. And literally when your job is driving nonstop. You know, it's like hiring a, a drug addict at a pharmacy. It's like, oh, you know. <laughs> bad idea. Bad idea. You know, <laughs> if you've got a bunch of drug convictions, yeah. yeah if you don't drug do that trafficking, and then you get hired to behind the uh, counter at a pharmacy, and then they wonder why things are going missing. <laughs> yeah, I wonder who it could be. <laughs> troubling, troubling. That is really sad, though. That. Um, Especially in Arizona, you know, I, I think we talk about so many cases on the show. It is, yeah. it, it's especially interesting when it's something that's more local. Yeah. Well, actually, I have a couple other. Uh, if we have time for a couple, yeah, let's do it. Wikis on Arizona, and this is one very local in Tucson. Um, there was a verdict that just came out. I think it was Friday. Um, Let's see. I know it was two days ago, December 11th. Um, and this was a medical malpractice case in Pima County. Um, really, really sad story. It was a, um, a woman who was having shoulder replacement surgery. And in the process, um, the doctor tied off her axillary artery. Um, and so basically, he, he cut, while he was doing the surgery, he cut off the blood circulation to her arm. Yeah. And as a result, they had to amputate her Jesus arm. Christ. So, yeah, so she went in for... And woke up without her arm. Woke up without her arm. Oh, my God. Right. That's, a, that's like a fucking nightmare. That's out, honestly out of like a horror movie. You know, you're going in, you're trying to get your shoulder fixed so you have movement of your arm so you can... You feel you know, better, you could be more active, and, and now you lost your arm. Yeah, you wake up out of amnesthesia. Anesthesia, anesthesia yeah. Anesthesia, yeah. You wake up out of anesthesia and you're like, wow, this has to be a bad dream. For the love of God, please. Yeah. Well, it was a big, it was a $5.29 million verdict, mm. um, which, I mean, it sounds like a lot of money, but at the same time, I mean, you think about how your life has changed. I mean, she was interviewed um, on, on the news and she, you know, she was just saying, I mean, people don't even think about it. I mean, you can't open a pill, bo pill bottle without two hands. You can't wash your hair without two hands. You can't get shampoo out of a bottle. You can't open a water bottle. I mean, think about all, I mean, you know, if you just try to, to, to not use one of your hands for a few hours, yeah. it's just, it's just insane. So, um, you know, they, 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 the verdict was against the doctor, $5.29 million. I mean, it seems pretty obvious that this yeah. is below the standard of care. Um, and then what, you know, what the plaintiff had said was that she just hopes that either, you know, he either loses his license or has to go back for more training so that this doesn't happen to other people, mm -hmm. you know, which kind of brings us to the fact that this is a, a verdict where she's getting paid for her damages, but it doesn't, it, it doesn't stop him from practicing. That's yeah. a separate issue. And, and, and the board of medical examiners could revoke his license. Mm -hmm. um, you know, one of the issues with medical malpractice cases and why they're so often litigated and so rarely settled is that if a doctor does settle the case, he has to report it uh, to his malpractice carrier and to the board of medical examiners. He has to report it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I'm assuming people just don't report it. Well, well, no, if there's actually a, you know, a verdict or a settlement, he has to report it. Um, but people can make complaints to, to BOMEX, to the Board of Medical Examiners, even if it's not something that rises to the level of a lawsuit. Yeah. So the doctors, um, so that the, that the board would investigate. And, and do you think that he's going to lose his license here? I mean, what does this look like? Because I, I know that with the bar and with lawyers, you know, they're definitely held to a very high level of, of a moral code. Um, is, is doctors and, and the medical board similar in that way? You know, notoriously, and again, this is a state-by-state state thing, so I can't really speak to other states, but notoriously, it's been pretty tough um, to have the board of medical examiners take um, take action, especially short of something like this, like a, a, a really big verdict and a really yeah. big problem. So I would expect that he would be censured. Um, he might have his license, you know, we'll have to see. It yeah. hasn't happened yet. Um, you know, he had to have his day in court. He had it. He lost. Um, so, so you know, he may lose his license. Um, they may have him supervised. They may have him, re, you know, require additional training. Um, it's pretty extreme. I mean, it's a 
pretty it it, it seems uh, yeah that's i mean you got one of you got four different um appendages and one of them's gone just like well but i mean here this is his specialty is you know is shoulder surgery yeah it which is interesting too that this went bad in the first place i'm assuming because i know like if there is someone gets like shot right you tie up tie it up so you don't lose blood i'm assuming it was something along those lines where you know you're supposed to kind of tie it off while you're doing a certain action during the surgery and then you know untie it and then he you know he had a little brain fart and forgot and then boom a little brain fart <laughs> and then boom arms gone yeah yeah so yeah and, and i don't know all of the details on it but um but i hopefully there will be further action and um and and you know he will not be allowed to continue these um, these surgeries and, and hurt other people. And so that was in Pima County? That was in Pima County, yeah. Wow. It was just uh, just two days ago the verdict came out. Yeah, it was a week-long trial. That's crazy. Because, I mean, I think that Tucson's a pretty small town, more or less. You know, it's not like everyone knows everyone, but I think within the medical field, within the law field, within, the, you know, those type of areas, people are pretty familiar with their peers and with uh, someone that's, you know, working alongside them or you know, maybe competitors, whatever it may be. Uh, so I would be surprised if he stayed in Tucson or if yeah. he was able to, to get another job here. Well, yeah, and I can't imagine he's going to be in the same practice. Yeah, we'll yeah. See about that. Um, one other quick, uh, quick Arizona case that was interesting, um, and this happened up in Chandler, so close to uh, Gilbert, where uh, where we've been recently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and this is a crazy situation too. Um, there's a, the lawsuit's been filed against the school district over a promposal. Ooh. Which again, you know, when it, it, back in my day, they would you would just get asked to the prom. Oh. Period. All this promposal thing is just insane. Tell me about it. Women these days, huh? They want everything. <laughs> they want everything from you. They don't want everything. You're the ones doing it. No, I mean, yeah. trying to like impress us. I'm obviously kidding. Well, but I, there is an expectation there. I mean, it really like I remember in high school for me, like right. I just wanted to ask my you know my date to to, to yeah. prom. I didn't want to make a big deal about it. But then once you know one person does well, it, yeah, everybody. And now it's a culture too. A culture. If you're not doing it, you're a piece of shit. Huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And so clearly the answer is no. No, I don't want to go to the prom with a piece of exactly. shit. Exactly. And, and they're disappointed if you don't have this big, you know, fireworks and shebang, shaboom about asking them. It's a fucking prom, guys. Come on. I mean, this is, you'll forget about this in a year. It's not a big <laughs> deal. Well, and this one, and, and so they, you always have to come out with something new and different. And so this one is kind of crazy. So the kid was, had the girlfriend in, in his Porsche, just. Shit, boy. Oh, okay. It's a pretty nice promposal here. Well, it's at Arizona College Prep High School. Um, This happened last April. So he's driving a Porsche and he purposely sped through a stop sign. And the point was that the um, the, the uh, student resource office officer, you know, like, I don't know, whatever, that's like the security guard for the... Would pull him over pull, and then... Oh, yeah. you're getting it. This is... Yeah. Uh, this is obvious. Yeah. You speed through the spot like, hey, stop, turn on the lights. Oh, my God. And then he walks up and he's like, will you go to prom with Marcus? And like, what? That's exactly what was supposed to happen. <laughs> But the problem is he blew through the stoplight and there was a guy on a motorcycle who he hit. Jesus fucking Christ, man. Yes. yes. Yeah, that's insane. I mean, I hope this girl said no. <laughs> Just, uh. Well, so, but, and so the lawsuit's against the school because not only did, was the SRO on, in on it and planned to do this, but the freaking principal's sitting in the car with the SRO. And they tried to claim that they didn't know that this was going to happen, but obviously it it was documented that they did know and they were sitting there waiting for it to happen. And I mean, so so, so, so for this proposal, they're going to basically commit a traffic violation. They're going to potentially, I mean, the guy didn't die, but he was seriously injured. He was on a motorcycle and he gets slammed into and the guy blows the stop sign. It's romantic. <laughs> this is how the relationship starts. I mean, can you imagine telling the story to your grandkids? Oh, yeah. oh, this is when I fell in love with your grandpa. Yeah, yeah. Make sure you find a good guy like this that's willing to <laughs> fucking cause a, make a crime happen for you. Jesus. Yeah. Well, so so a lot of a lot of shit going down in Arizona, right? Apparently, I mean, we got crazy Grubhub drivers. We've got you know doctors well, who are. You know, wreaking mayhem, and we've got promposals. I mean, anyway. It seems like the streets just aren't safe here. It is the Wild West. It is truly the Wild West. Yeah, and... uh 
I mean, God, the fact that the principal was on it is even more shocking. And so embarrassing. Just like, them, like, yeah, and then the fact that they tried to like deny it. Oh, we just so happened to be hanging out in the car, you know, right and by watching this happen. <laughs> I mean, come on, guys. Well, can you imagine them like, oh, shit, this is not what we're... <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I mean, that I can't even imagine. I think I'd shit my pants. I'd be like, my God, <laughs> this, is, this is insane. Or to be that kid, right? Like, I mean, he's probably excited because he thinks it's a good idea, right? He's going to be like, oh, she's going to love this. And then that happens and she turns and she's like, was that part of the proposal? Well, and then, the, you know. Not- that would have been a good one is that the guy gets off the, guy gets oh, off the ground. The, off <laughs> yeah. the, the motorcyclist Bleeding. stands up, limps over to the car. Will you go to prom with Marcus? <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Drop the mic. That is a good one right there. Yeah, I like that. You know, not to be judgy anyway, but I mean, this is a high school student driving a Porsche. Maybe you shouldn't be going to prom. Uh, I think a better way to think about it is he'll probably get out of this with a slap on the wrist. He probably knows people. He probably, he probably knows has someone. connections. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. All right. Well, so that's enough of enough of the Arizona craziness for for all of us. Yeah, uh, we are kind of coming to a close here. Was there any kind of final things you wanted to touch on? Any questions or comments? I don't think so. I think, uh, yeah. Oh, actually, I do remember one thing that we wanted to talk about was Fernie. Absolute amazing guy. Fantastic. He put some statistics together on how long it takes for when someone calls and to when a case is actually signed. Mm-hmm. Uh, because there is a kind of a big difference there. And and it, could, it takes longer than I think a lot of people would expect. And there's nothing necessarily on our end with it. It's more of like outside reasons. I don't know if you kind of want to touch on that. Sure, sure. Well, it's interesting because, I mean, it can vary a lot. And I think what ended up that we figured out was like around 60 days. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people are like, well, why, if I just call and tell you what's happening, why is a case not signed? And so um, some types of cases do require that we get medical records before we can confirm, Well, most importantly, like what the product is. For example, hernia mesh. You just know you have a hernia mesh. You don't know what kind you have. And so we don't know if it's a problematic one until we get the records. Yeah. And with ordering medical records, records, you know, we can get them in two weeks, we can get them in six weeks, it, it really varies. So that can hold things up a lot. There are other types of cases, um, you know, specifically like, you know, for example, the hair relaxer cases, um, where, you know, if you have this type of cancer and you use the hair relaxer, I mean, that's pretty much slam dunk that you have a case. It's not slam dunk that you're going to win the case, but, you know, that's something that we can pursue. Yeah. And so those might, those are going to be on the very low end. It's probably going to just take, you know, potentially a couple of days to get the paper work, you know, circulated, um, you know, or less or, you know, but, but um, if it's going to require medical records, that just varies. The facilities vary greatly and how long it takes them to, um, to release the medical records. Yeah. And that was something that was really interesting. And I was so glad he put it together because I think those statistics are are really important to note and to consider uh, because, I mean, we saw this with the 3M cases where, you know, it had been on the news, people had been uh, trying to, you know, recruit cases for this and get the word out. Um, and a lot of people just missed their opportunity. Either they didn't know about it or they, you know, waited too long. And I think a lot of people with, you know, I know I do this with day-to-day stuff, right? You just put it off. You're like, hey, you know what, I'll do that tomorrow or I'll do that when I next week when I, you know, have a little bit more time. Um, but I think it, it's really important with cases like this is that there is a lot that goes on, on the back end. And luckily, you know, we're more than happy to handle that entire back end mm-hmm. stuff. There's nothing that you actually have to do uh, other than, you know, call um, and, and uh, give some information there. But uh, it's even more important for you to call out or call in time because it does take time on our end to go through that entire process and make sure that there is a case, get mm-hmm. that signed and send it in. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and another issue too is that there, oftentimes we'll get a call and somebody will say, oh my gosh, I think I have this hernia mesh and I'm having problems. And we'll be, well, has a doctor diagnosed you? Have you seen the doctor? Have they said that there is a problem with the hernia mesh? No, I haven't yet. And so again, until, until you have medical confirmation that you've been injured, by the product, you don't technically have a case. Yeah. So, so there will be some issue, some some time delay there. Um, and likewise, I think we talked briefly last week about the Tylenol and the autism cases, and people were calling and saying, "Hey, you know, my son's being tested for autism; he hasn't had the diagnosis yet." Um, and so, so again, the, the case would not officially be a viable case until there was a diagnosis, yeah. and that might be, you know, take you know, delay the actual official signing of the case as well. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, every case 
case is different and what is required in order to actually file it and um, you know make it a case is is different which is why the time varies so much but an average of 60 days that was surprising to me but it does make sense does yeah make sense. I mean and when you think about medical records it makes a lot of sense because yeah and it can easily take you know, several weeks to get medical records. Yeah. So. All righty. Well, uh, I think we are coming to a close here. Was there, again, anything, any <laughs> final statements, any closing out I think I think that'll do it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I do want to thank everyone for tuning in this week, hanging out with us. Um, if you have any questions or concerns, please reach out to us. 10K subscribers. Absolutely fantastic. Woo-hoo! You know, the only thing I want to see is a little bit more questions. We'd love, we'd love to hear from you guys. We'd love to hear, um, you know, either personal stories or uh, thoughts or just, you know, uh, curiosities around the area, because I think there's a lot of stuff that I'm learning every show. And um, I'm sure there's a lot of questions when you're, when you're tuning in. Um, and if it's something that you don't want to post in the comments whether that's on facebook tiktok youtube whatever it is you can also email us podcast at showeredlaw.com uh, obviously that is completely con- confidential and anonymous and if it's something that you want us to talk about or share on the podcast let us know and we will be more than happy to go over it um, but with that being said i hope everyone has a fantastic week and we will see you next week same time same day Prioritizing profit. Prioritizing, prioritizing profit. Dangerous drug and product cases.